Welcome to the Lies Between Us show. This is Roger A. Bird, and we will dig into the truths and challenges of trying to live life as we might wish. Both at home and at work, we struggle with the gap between where we are and where we would like to be, trying to peel back the layers of those things that bind us. We will see if we can find an easier path forward. We're all in this thing together, so this show is about us. This is episode 13, and I was thinking about it that, you know, in elevators, they don't have a 13th floor button. I guess they don't have a 13th floor in theory, but I don't know. It's a weird time for me, and this is going to be different. I don't have a co-host. I'm just doing this myself. I'm out west living with my uncle who had a stroke and I'm providing 24-7 care. So I'm caring for him, not really caring for myself, but I'm doing what I think is right. You know, when I started this podcast in May 2020, it was mostly because of the urging of my business coach, Sarah, to start telling my story and to try and see if there's a product or service in that story to help others. So I started this podcast kind of flying by the seat of my pants. My neighbor and very good friend, Abby, has an extremely successful podcast called Herself for Mothers. And I walked over there one day and I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And she said, do this, do this, do this, and you'll be fine. And that was it. And in like 30 minutes, I had the whole game plan to start a podcast. So I'm not sure what this is becoming, but I find strength in it. And everyone who I've had on the podcast show seems to find a little strength in it. I think it's therapy for them a little bit. And I get a lot of feedback from you guys that it's helpful. I want to dedicate this episode to a couple friends of mine, Tyler and JP. These are two amazing young men with endless possibilities in front of them, but they're stuck and they can't really find their way. It's been a start, stop, start, stop for both of these guys for a while. And it's hard to explain, but my heart goes out to you guys and all the guys and girls like you that are struggling beyond struggle. And it's beyond yourself. And I hope you find your way. So, you know, it's hard. It's always going to be hard, but between the hardness, there's goodness. It's hard and it might even suck. And we might even feel like it's not worth it. Many of us fear the hard. We avoid the hard. We hide from the hard. But I feel you and I bleed your pain. I know hard. I've felt hard. I've lived that hardness time and again. I'm living that hardness right now. Although you might not see it 
You're probably starting to hear it. You may be feeling this hardship too, but maybe you're not showing it. I think many of us, we hide our hardship. We fear being perceived as weak. I've been weak. I've hid. But now I try not to hide anymore. I try to stand out in the sunshine, even while I'm crying, even while I'm bleeding. Many times I stay so busy, you might not even see my tears and you might not realize my wounds. My two kids, my amazing two kids, Travis and Lauren, they tell me, come home now, quit. Quit what you're doing, dad, come home. You know, I give myself to others. And when I do, it mostly helps me too. When we're hurting enough and we can say the word help out loud, well, I'm not able to cover my ears. When we recognize we cannot carry this weight alone and we specifically say, can you help me now? It's a call I can't ignore. My personal hardship be damned. So how bad is it, my pain? It's bad, but not the worst. It's hard, but not the hardest. Maybe you think you're hurt, your pain, your suffering is at its worst. Maybe you feel helpless. You might even feel hopeless. But that's funny, hope, right? I think my hope might be a superpower. Hope might be a golden egg from a golden goose, a magical and mystical treasure, hope. And if we think, think, think about it, some days hope is all we seem to have. Hope that this too shall fade and maybe even pass. The hard stuff, it doesn't pass, but it can fade and you can be distracted. Hope that through tenacious effort, small movements, readjustments, that we'll triumph, that we'll win. Hope to have the willingness, the courage, and the grit to get up every day and just keep going. And when we can't keep going, if we're smart enough to rest, but don't quit, how much hurt is too much? Is your bad the baddest it's ever been? And is it the baddest it'll ever be? Really? Will there possibly be moments or days or years of relief in between this bad and the next? And is this hurt too much for you to bear? Is this the worst hurt you could ever feel? Is it? Is it really? Maybe. Maybe it is. But I suggest get a pen, grab some paper. Okay, you ready? At the top of the page, write these two words. Time bombs. List a numerical number one. 
write down the one worst thing that could ever happen to you in your life. Then list an alphabetical letter A. What is the first thing you'll try to do if number one happens? Then list B, the second thing you would do. Then C, the third thing you will do if number one happens. Then list a numerical number two. Write down the second worst thing that could ever happen in your life. Then your A, B, and C for number two. Now keep going. Why should you do this? Well, I don't know. But I can tell you why I've done this. My time bombs. My time bombs, that list came at a time when I really put everything in question. And I had already lost so much. I fooled myself. I lied to myself that I was experiencing the worst pain ever. And then through truth and holding myself accountable to that truth, I challenged my own truth and I wrote it down. So let me read you mine real quick. So my time bombs. The subtitle for my time bombs says ticking and otherwise, which basically means there are some of these things that are definitely going to happen and some of them might happen. Some of them definitely won't happen, but it's possible. And I don't know which, but for me, I wanted to be prepared. And I wanted to put in order what would be my worst pain ever. Well, why the hell would I want to do that? Because I wanted to be not prepared for it, not insulated from it, but just a little better off when this stuff happens. Either it does happen or it might, but regardless, I wanted to be prepared. So time bombs, ticking and otherwise. Number one, one or both of the kids passes away before me. A, which would be, what am I going to do about it, is if one care for the other, put them in therapy and whatever else they need emotionally. B, memorial services plans. What would they want at their memorial service? C, deal with the reality of things, their stuff, etc. D, care for those most hurt, their mom, the family, their friends. E, some sort of memorial, an annual event, a commemorative effort, if by disease, a cause. F, if both of them die before me. Sell it all and go into deep seclusion. G, put myself in order. Therapy, meditation, committed practice to keep myself alive. Because I would have to question if both of my kids passed away, or even one of them. I'd have a hard time putting one foot in front of the other every day. Number two, Nora passes away before me. That's my second wife, my ex-wife. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Step in and help her daughter. B, memorial services plans. What would she want? 
Well, I might not have an influence on that, but there it is. C, help to deal with the reality of things and comfort those most hurt by it. D, lasting memorial, an amazing woman. Number three, time bomb, uh, my step-grandmother, Mary, passes away, which probably will happen before me. She's 91. What does she want is my A. B, maybe move there for a week at a time and help Margie, her daughter, deal with things. C, memorial services plans, help in any way I can, depending on what she wants. D, help Margie and all the others best I can. E, maybe step in and help at Riverways Communities of Hope, which is Mary's nonprofit. So anyway, I have, how many? I have 11 time bombs. And really after the first three, it kind of falls off as far as severity. So my parents are dead. My grandparents are dead. I have like one living senior relative and I'm living in his house right now in Jackson Hole, helping him out after his stroke. But those are my time bombs because I'd rather face reality than hide from it. And I'd rather face pain than let it pound me over the head. So it's hard. I know it's hard. I hope you find the willingness. I hope you muster the courage. And I hope you fight like hell to do your best you. There is more in you when you're ready to draw on it. I know this to be true. I know it. I believe in you. And I'm here for you, if you can say it out loud. In 2017, the singer Chris Cornell took his own life on May 18th. And on July 20th, Chester Bennington, the singer, took his own life on Chris Cornell's birthday. On 9-11-2017, my niece Lexi took her own life. In 2017, I was planning to take my own life. I had bought an insurance policy and I was just waiting for the suicide clause to expire. Most life insurance policies have a suicide clause where if you buy a life insurance policy and you commit suicide within the first 24 months, the policy's void. But I guess they figure if you can make it through the first two years, they'll still pay. When Chris Cornell took his own life in May, it felt weird to me because I was in my planning phase. I wasn't super close to Chris or his music. I respected him, but I wasn't close. I was close to Chester's music, and I found a lot of strength in it, and I found some hope in it, which is what I think he designed. But in July, when Chester took his own life, I stopped in my tracks and I thought really hard about my life. And it's hard to explain, but when you're in that dark, dark place, 
and you should be thinking about the things that are most important to you. Well, at least for me, I couldn't. I couldn't see it. I later found out it was because I was on an antidepressant medication, which kind of rewired me differently and pushed me in the wrong direction. It wasn't saving me, it was killing me. And then in September on 9-11, when Lexi took her own life, it's like she gave me permission. It's like she gave me permission to join her. And I didn't know what to do. My marriage was falling apart. Big shocker there. And then on November 27th, I got a new therapist and she pulled me off that medication. Nobody else saw it. Nobody else realized it. Nobody else figured out that the antidepressant medication I was taking was making me suicidal. And on November 27th, I stopped taking the meds. And then it was like December 15th, my wife moved out with her daughter and with our dog, Roubaix. 2017, man, tough year. Tough, tough, tough. But it wasn't the toughest. 2009 was tough, but that wasn't the toughest either. In 2006, I split with my first wife and our kids were three and five. And then we got divorced in 07 and I started drinking heavily. I was an alcoholic for five years. And actually the massive consumption of alcohol sparked a pretty big creative streak with me. And I did a lot of writing and I just wrote a bunch of shit and some of it I think turned out okay. And some of it maybe not, but I want to read something. So in 2009, I wrote this poem. I was probably drunk as a skunk on red wine. Actually, no, because 2009, I was drinking tequila. So drunk as a, what would you call that? I don't know, Speedy Gonzalez drunk. But anyway, this one's called Light. We all have a fire that burns inside of us. That fire that keeps us moving forward no matter the pain and gives us unbeatable strength to protect those we love no matter the challenge. Even when we forget it's there or try to ignore it, it reminds us to get up and keep going. This flame changes throughout the seasons of our lives and at times can be dim. Those darkest times of life when all hope seems lost, like the flame has been extinguished or you feel like letting it burn out. The flame burns bright on the days and the years that appear perfect, like they could go on forever and ever. 
Some can fan their flame with joy from helping others, being in love, taking time to relax, and letting pointless problems go. But this light can be shared and is contagious even in the brightest sun. It can be called upon in an instant, even to be given away. I like to shine bright because even when there's darkness all around me, we could all use a little light every once in a while. So for anybody still listening, if there's something in your way, if there's something holding you back, I hope you find the willingness and the courage and the tenacity to face it, stare it down, and beat it, using it as strength when it comes for you again. And just remembering, I'm here for you. I believe in you. It's hard as shit. I know it. And I know you can do it. I know it. I know it in my heart. So share this one around. Give me a star. Give me a review. So I'm out here in Jackson with my uncle, working like a dog, but for all the right reasons and for the right person. So I'll be here till June. Then I'll be in West Virginia at the Canadian Mountain Bike Festival. Then I'll be back home with my kids and I'll be up in Sealy, Wisconsin with my buddies at my cabin. And then I'll get back on the gas writing my memoir. And I hope to be done by Christmas this year, 2021. One year late, but that's okay because I'm doing things right. And I'm just going to keep going. So if you want to leave a comment, if you want to send me a note, you can find me on all my social channels. If you could help share this around so that others who might need to hear it can hear it. And thanks for the support. I do this for you. I do this with you. And I think together we're stronger. We're stronger together than we are apart. We're stronger together than we are on our own. Try not to forget it. Because as bad as it is, there's always somebody out there who's willing to listen as long as you speak up. So speak up. Love you guys. Later.